I have the intro. Oh, fuck yeah. I have it. Give it to me. You brought it? Hey, did you bring the cold open? (laughs) Oh, this bad boy? Pulls out a briefcase. No, pulls out a cooler, because it's got to stay cold. Ooh. You weren't followed? Not that I know of. Let's see it then. Come on, man, I'm a professional. Opens up the cooler. There she is. Fresh. And ice cold. Oh, silky smooth. Let me see the money before you start getting your grubby little fingers all over my cold open. Right, I, I reach into my pocket and I pull out three pennies and a button and a little plastic glow-in-the-dark dinosaur. Um, and I reach what, ki- the- what kind of dinosaur? What uh, dinosaur is it? It's a triceratops. It's a, it's a green triceratops. That, boy, that bad boy glows in the dark? Oh, yeah. I, I, I lift up my shirt and I, I put your head under my shirt with the, <laughs> with the, the, the dinosaur so you can, I, you can test it out. I, I put my nose in your belly button. Hey, hey, that's not part of the deal, brother. Wait a minute. What's this in your belly button? It's a wire. Is that a wire? Fuck, man, I gotta go. I'm gonna need backup. The perp's on to me. But he, he, he books it. He books it away. He slides over the hood of the car. He gets back into his Pontiac Firebird. And he turns the key in the ignition, slams that sucker into a high gear, and speeds away with red and blue flashing lights growing in the distance, casting blue and red lights across the cloudy sky like projectors on uh, a, a movie screen. That's beautiful. Thank you. Um, but uh, unfortunately, I've, I've, I've got a blockade and uh, a bunch of guys with guns uh, aiming at you. And uh, fuck, you're surrounded, man. My guy, uh, he he d- does like an Akira skid against the blockade. Uh, and he stops a good like 20 feet away from it. And he gets out of his car. Well... I never thought this is how it would go down. It's time to stop running, Dave. Alright, I guess you can just choose my fucking name then. Okay, alright, cool. Yeah, what yeah. are you gonna do about it? Not- I'm gonna do this. Uh, he yells back to, to the police officer, to, to the dirty fucking copper. He yells back, Hey! <laughs> no, come on. <laughs> what? What was that? Sorry. Sorry. I only heard the first bit. Hold on. Can you say that louder? Hold, hold on. No. Okay. Um, hey. What? Uh, Can you walk a little closer? This isn't fair. You have a bullhorn. I don't, I don't have, wait, hold on. What? And then, then he pulls out his own bullhorn. Hey, hey you. you. Uh, uh, yeah. Captain, Captain Queefart. Fuck. That I <laughs> Queefed them hearts. Uh, <laughs> That's my name. Don't wear it out. What can I do for you? Fucking. 
leave, leave please? please. Is that, that does that, that work? work? Go go, go away. Oh, you're oh, shutting. Oh, uh, no, that's that, no, no. You you were, you were selling, selling bits without a license. license. It's, it's just, just a cold open, man. man. I need it for my wife's surgery. That's a twenty-year. That's a twenty-year offense at least. Uh, sorry. I, I, sorry, but uh, gotta take you. Well, it's the easy way or the hard way. Well, and then uh, he unbuttons his shirt. Uh, is this? Is that? Uh, hold on. Is that the easy and way or pull, the hard and way? And he pulls out a gun from inside his shirt. Whoa! Oh, but he's. Uh, I mean, he's a cop. He doesn't. He just have like a gun on his. Well, I mean, he. He's look, a sexy. This is a sexy cop. Bobby, there's take, no such thing as a sexy cop. He has to take his shirt off to get to his gun. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Just put down the bag and kick it over here. I bet you thought all I had was a cold open. But you'd be wrong. <laughs> and he reaches into his pocket and pulls out a dead man's switch. Hey, you better not be pulling any Joker moves over there. <laughs> I... You better not be doing any Joker's tricks. <laughs> I, I'm gonna be I, real peeved. I'm like a dog! And, and you're, you're like, like the, the car. car. And I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm chasing you. We were chasing you. Actually. You but, but I, I wouldn't know cuz I don't, don't want, want you. But six super terrorist. And he uh um, he unlocks the dead man's switch and what do you know he didn't just have the cold open. He had the theme song too. Whoa! Get down. <laughs> Everybody then, get down! And then we got a theme song on the loose! And then he gets shot a bunch. Yeah. Hi, I'm Hunter J. Allen. Uh I'm I'm the Bobby one, the Bobby McCarthy one. And welcome to Two Itchy Boys, a little show about little games where we show you the hidden gems and secret treasures deep within the Itch.io game site. Hunter, you don't even need to tell them. They got all that from the cold open. (laughs) I had like a thing planned for the cold open. Like I I didn't even get to explain it. I'm sorry. You just like lassoed me into your yes ending. (sighs) Yeah, we're a, we're a video game podcast. We can, a, no, pod- we can do yours if you really want. No, no, I <laughs> I really like where we went with Dave and Captain Queefheart. I think they've got long legs and uh, many many more years ahead of them. There's a lot to play with. <laughs> the, the 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 depth of the character is very Tarantino esque, and I can't wait to see what comes next. We I can't wait to see what comes about in this new spinoff series. So this. <laughs> This is a video game podcast about little games, and we've been talking about for, I think, the last five or six episodes. Uh, briefly, each episode, we have mentioned the a game by its cover jam, and this week, we're finally fucking doing it. The day of reckoning is finally here. The other shoe has dropped, uh, ladies, gentlemen, and all in between. 
The the chickens have come home to roost, and all they've brought back are little games. The lady has song. Bobby, would you like uh, to explain uh, briefly what the a game by its cover jam is? Because I feel like I've done it a lot. Yeah. So um, there's this uh, annual art show called the My Famicase Exhibition, um, which is basically a, a collection of all these fan-made uh, covers for fake uh, Famicom games. Um, and those are all posted online every year. And uh, there's this jam on itch.io uh, called the Game by Its Cover Jam, where the basic idea is you take you take one of these games and you make a you make a thing. Uh, it can be a zine, it can be a tabletop role playing game, it can be a video game uh, based off of uh, that that cover art and and the little description that comes with it. And uh, yeah, it's done once a year. Um, it is an anti crunch game jam so the uh deadlines are very flexible and it takes place over a pretty pretty significant chunk of time what was this like two months um i think it was just like a whole month that's right and it'll it it only just just recently ended um on the 29th well it officially ended on the 29th but submit submissions uh were still available uh well, well after and uh yeah we came across this you came across this yes i came across this a few episodes ago in our card game episode um yeah it's a it's a fun little game jam that's they've been doing it since uh summer of uh 2015 um yeah it's a it's a sweet little game jam organized by ludonaut and as soon as i saw all these games inspired by these fake cartridges i i just kind of fell in love with the idea because all these cartridges are so fucking cool um and we've been talking for the last few episodes about covering it and we wanted to cover it earlier but we couldn't access the games until the jam was finished and then the jam got extended so so here we are now a good two weeks after the jam has ended and uh we're finally ready to show you guys uh what a, what a bounty this was such a good year. This is a good jam. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think it's your turn to get started, isn't it? I think you're right. And we'll just uh, we'll just pop back and forth. Um, I have three that I want to talk about. I have two. Do you want me to just put my two in between? Do we want to stagger it like you you do one? Yeah, yeah. I, I think one. that's a good idea. I think it's a good idea. I'll I'll go first and last then. Um, so. For the A Game by Its Cover Jam, I played quite a few of them. I took like a whole day, and uh, I tried to play through all of them that looked substantial, that looked uh, like enough that I would have something to talk about, uh, which was a majority of them. Um, I'm not going to talk about most of them, but one that really piqued my interest, probably the, the first one that I played, because it looked the most interesting to me, was Mushroom Labyrinth by Squidly Games. Uh, this was a cover by Alec Whitmore. It was this evocative, dark cavern with a, a, a foggy, bright opening um, filled to the brim with mushrooms. Uh, 
as the cover, and it's it's this, just this beautiful co- cover by Alec Whitmore. Um, and this game has dank vibes. The vibes are dank. Oh fuck yeah! Yeah, it's a it's it's a fun little game. There's not much of a game there. It is ju- it is just a collectathon. A good way to describe what this game is is remember uh, a good few episodes back, I went absolutely hog wild over Paradise Killer. Uh, yes. It's like Paradise Killer, but take out every story aspect of it. It is just a neat world with collectibles all over. That's really it. All right. Instead of a vaporwave paradise hellscape, uh, this is just a very neatly made and well put together cave. It's just it only really does this one thing. It just presents this atmosphere for you to explore, and it does that one thing really well. It, you wander through a cave searching for bioluminescent mushrooms. That's it. The caverns twist and wind into corners and drops. They, uh, these small pinpricks of openings lead out into these uh, Goliath-like clearings of stone. Just these, these massive chambers uh, uh, opening out from these tiny chokeholds. Um, through which no real natural light exists. So you're fumbling your way through this this grainy, grainy, dark, sepia-toned cave. And it's it's almost, there's this uh, stagnant, uh, ever-pervasive fog that hangs in the air, and it, it carries almost its own moody bioluminescence, and uh, it lends these faraway points of interest their own little little glow to them. Like uh, if you're in this massive chamber... You can see off in the distance a, a very mild uh, amber or, or turquoise or magenta uh, glow coming from different small openings that kind of just fade into the background without this glow. And yeah, it's just this, there's this gentle echoey droning that fades in and out accompanied by these abstract cave ambiance sounds and it's... It just has vibes coming out the wazoo. This sound this sounds like it oozes vibes. It is just pure vibes. It is it is a the type of game that I love. It is it is a vibes-based explorer, which I, I tend to bring a lot of. Yeah, that seems to be your bread and butter right there. Pretty much, man. It's I love that shit. Can't say I blame you though, because uh these games rule. These games were made for walking, and that's just what you'll do. Fuck yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I'll I'm I'm keeping that one brief. That's all I have to say about it. It's it's a really neat, atmospheric explorer. Go go give it a look if uh, if you are at all fascinated by the natural architecture of caves. This game does that very well and a lot of justice. Fuck yeah, and uh, I think it's worth noting most of these are available for free. If not all of them, I believe I played a lot of them and every single one of them I played was either available for free or on a pay what you want basis. Yeah. So you could potentially grab them for free, but, but you know, I, I throw, throw them a bone, throw them a bone. But I think it's worth adding. You can, you can give a little money to all these devs. Yeah. Just, uh, just putting that out there. There, there's a large birth of, uh, uh, masterclass work put on display uh, in this game jam. Fuck yeah. Hey, Bobby, what's your first? 
So the first one I want to talk about is a little game called Breathe um, by Princess Internet Cafe. It is based off of the My Famicase entry Breathe by uh, a name... So the, the those who are familiar with the show <laughs> recognize uh, NB Machine, um, who was the dev for Reba, that uh, little fishing game, that uh, sweet, uh, sad little uh, idle fishing game. Uh, they're back, and they did make their uh, own entry. It's just a, a fanzine. A very sweet little fanzine. It is, but it's not what we're talking about today. Because <laughs> uh, I I was absolutely smitten. Uh, I, I, I absolutely adored Princess Internet Cafe's take on it. Because so essentially what you got is um, you, it's a first person uh, exploration deal. Kind um, of another vibes based mushroom explorer game. It is very much so. Uh, this was also submitted to the Mushroom Jam. It's a first-person exploration game that has this tile-based movement system where you you move forward in the, the direction you're facing. Uh, and because it's, like, tile-based, you can control the camera with the arrow keys or the mouse. And it's uh, really weirdly a lot easier to control with the arrow keys just because of how it works but um the basic idea is you're just uh you know walking around the forest after work um you can pick up some mushrooms you can grab some uh clovers the clovers are like the main objective you know the the store the main story progresses um as you're picking up these clovers and then these side stories uh, come up where where you're picking up you know mushrooms or looking at parakeets or what have you and, oh, i love uh, those little parakeets i love those little parakeets they're very good very good little sprites um and you're basically just uh you're just vibing you're ruminating on some stuff and uh it's just a just a moment to you know sit back and breathe um it's half an hour long I don't know. It, it's it's a game that's really neat because it so obviously has so much on its mind. Because like throughout the game, the main character, you know, the player character is uh, ruminating on their job and whether or not they really like it, um, and whether or not it, it really matters. Um, <laughs> they're, um, you know reflecting on memories going out into the forest in you know in the in the past when they were a young kid and didn't really appreciate the outdoors talking about their cool uncle who taught them how to forage there uh there are obviously some reflections on climate change and uh global warming this is a very like environmentalist um kind of story where it's you know delivering all these fun facts about nature with the caveat that uh it's all dying yeah it it kind of struck me 
I, I don't know. I wasn't I wasn't expecting it when I was playing the game. I was like, oh, this is such a nice, cute little charming game. Um, and then out of the blue, the the main character just is like, yeah, and it's all fucking dying. Yeah, and uh, that's the other thing. There's like, I mean, you only see the surface of it, but there is a seething anger behind this game that I think is what really makes it special for me. It's just a really human story of our time, right? Mm-hmm. You know, this is this is a despair and an anger that touches every single one of us in some it, way. It feels like it translates very well that sense of it has a very young, frustrated passion that I that I really relate to and that I really like. Absolutely. And that tie that ties into everything, you know, it ties into the love of nature, the the love of the outdoors, the uh the little comments it makes about the the choices of like a litterer's choice of beverage that they're tossing <laughs> aside. Um the their fucking hatred for their boss. It's all just like <laughs> There, this is a fully realized person that's created in just like this, uh, this little half-hour game. And you know, you don't really do anything. You just vibe in the woods, you pick up some clovers, look at some birds, and then you uh, leave. It's just a. Uh, it's nice. It's it's just a single person working through some stuff, and you know what? That at the end of their walk, they feel a little better. Having yeah. having worked through this stuff that's causing them problems, and it's just it's just really nice, and it it manages to be a nice little breath of fresh air. Um, <laughs> you, you you dog. I know. While while at the same time saying some important stuff, and I just I really love it for that. It's a sweet little genuine honest game. Fuck yeah! So uh. What else? What else? What else you got under there? Oh, deal me in, child of the night! I bring to you high stakes. No, uh, that that was the first game I brought from uh, uh, I believe the the jam two years ago. Um, from the same maker, from Christmas oh. comes Shape of Mind. Oh, this is the same dude. This is the same dude, and there's so much of the DNA in there. I really want to talk about Shape of Mind with a cover by Augustin Chrysostomo. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, comes another masterclass in simple puzzle design. And in almost the opposite way. Okay, so I'm going to I'm going to compare this a lot to High Stakes. It was this angry claustrophobic gambling game of Minesweeper against vampires. The vibes for this game are the complete opposite. This is a meditative puzzle uh, in which you build halos of blocks together uh, to the backing of meditative music. And it's just a really nice little calming time. But there is a lot of DNA in here. These are both very good, simple puzzle games with one very uh, meticulous mechanic that changes the whole game depending on how you use it. Both uh, takes on games that come free with Windows. 
Yes, uh, whereas High Stakes is a, a take on Minesweeper. This is a take on Solitaire. So you have your board in front of you, and there are four rows of blocks, two rows of four and two rows of five. There are four colors of blocks or suites and six different types of block, each block having two discrete coupling shapes on its top and bottom. There is one of each shape and color combo on the 18 blocks. Each block's two coupling shapes correspond with two other shapes coupling blocks, making the shapes endlessly stackable in a repeatable sequence of six. Each color can only be stacked on to the corresponding coupling shape of a different color, and only the bottom shapes or bottom stacks of connected shapes can be moved around the board like in solitaire. So you can, you can only move down what's at the bottom or a whole stack that's on the bottom. Your goal is to create three separate stacks that can all loop in on themselves, like a halo, with the coupling shape at the top of the stack matching with the coupling shape at the bottom of the stack and being able to connect via different colors. Like creating solitaire stacks that can repeat infinitely. Just like in high stakes, there is that single mechanic that is crucial but can be extremely punishing if not used wisely. You are able to use the space below the board to store these pieces. Oh, shit. That's yes. where I got hung up. Yes. That is, the, that is what I've found is the crucial way to win the games. Um, these pieces can be connected or just single pieces. However, once they are stored down there in the bottom, they are in play and must be completed before another stack can be taken off the board. You may also only store more stacks or blocks if they match the coupling in the already put aside pieces. And once the pieces are below the board, they cannot be taken back and placed back on the board. They are there and they must be completed as that stack. And that is the area through which you submit your halos to be completed. Oh, so you, the, the storing is a, the storing is a thing you want to hold off until that, that is a usable thing for the complete halo. I went through many phases with this game. At first I tried doing a very simple, like, okay, I'll just make one halo after another and I'll submit them. And I'll just, I'll, that, that's how I'll do it. And I ran into a problem where my very last halo, I would not be able to complete because the pieces I left for myself weren't able to connect to each other. So I thought, oh, this game's just kind of busted. There's no way for me to complete this. Then I started playing with the idea that, oh, I'm just going to have to try to make all three stacks at the same time before I submit any of them. And I couldn't swing that either. I was, I was running into problems where oh, I'm just... I'm at a place where I can't move things out of the way to access these new blocks. And so that was out the window. And then finally, I just started using that space as storage. And that's when it started working. I started using that submission place. You, you, you put your blocks, um, you know, one, you put one through six blocks down below. If you put six blocks that all connect those turn into a halo and they're out of play those that is a completed stack but if you place anything below six down there that is a halo in progress and you can't take them away you have to complete that halo to progress so i would simply create as large and as many stacks as i possibly could 
on the normal playing board. And then when it got to a point where I couldn't move anything anymore and there were still blocks that I needed to access, then I would place my most completed stack in the lower area for submission. And that would free up some area space to play with to then complete that stack, then use my remaining blocks to work on the two remaining stacks together. At first, I thought this game had many unbeatable seeds. And then once it once that clicked for me, I didn't lose a single game after that. And I played a heck of a lot of it. I'll have to give this a try again, because I... That I did bounce off of it for that exact reason. It holds a lot more depth than you think. It is a really good solitaire-like puzzle game. Yeah, go go give her a try. That's that's really all. I I feel like I'm. I feel like I took too long with that explanation. I that's that's it. Just it's really good. It's Shape of Mind by Christman. Well, yeah, I'll probably probably just hop on that and do some before bed. It's it's a very nice before bed. It's kind of it. It's very relaxing when you're not stressing over a, a seemingly impossible situation. But now that I yeah. know this, uh, I think I think I can just sit back and enjoy it. Yeah, I feel like it's the kind of game that could very easily like Tetris affect my brain. Like I I could just start thinking about it, like when I'm sleeping. I don't know, but Bobby, please. I'm very excited about this next game. I really enjoyed this next game you're bringing. You have actually played more of this. Uh, so spoilers, I actually haven't played that much of this. I'm only on like day three. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah, but uh, I liked it too much. I liked what I played too much not to bring it. So this is Bleak by Sweetheart Squad. Uh, it is based off of the My Famicase submission bleak survive and thrive by caspian whistler the the my famicase just description is a pretty great description for this game as well so i'm just gonna go ahead and read that off real quick yeah uh bleak is a farming sim and survival game in which you play as a vampire existing in solitude after those silly humans wiped themselves out Manage your time and blood supply as you slowly cultivate the earth to once again become a place full of life. And that's that pretty much hits the nail on the head. Um, it's just a, a cute little post-apocalyptic vampire farming sim, which, I mean, is just the exact right combination of words to catch my eye specifically. <laughs> and uh, it's It's cute. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is cute it is really fucking cute you're just a little green vampire guy um wandering around this uh, uh abandoned cottage making magical plants i don't know i really like the art style um, the art style is very good yeah it's got this like collagey kind of look almost all of the environments are like these collages of photographs they look like clippings from magazines. It's like the environmental design equivalent of those like ransom letters you see in movies that are made yeah. of just like just like clippings of all those different like you know text bits from magazines. It's like that exact vibe. Just like But but then all the characters are in this very cute um 
like a they almost look like paper mar they almost look like paper mario sprites they look like a <laughs> they look like undertale characters in paper in a paper mario game oh shit that is yeah that's exactly it <laughs> yeah no because the, the it's just it's just a cute game man i like the uh i like the shopkeeper oh he's oh yeah it has like the animal crossing stamina system um where you have a set amount of blood for the day and uh you use that to like carry out actions and like do do chores and such uh but it is also your water supply like you water uh your plants with with blood and so you uh you really have to be studious about how how you're spending your blood and um the uh the plants have these environmental effects where you like you'll you'll need specific plants and this is mostly just guessworking because i haven't actually done any of this but i'm guessing this is how it works you use the the plants i wouldn't say like solve environmental puzzles but you can do them you can use them to like you you use them most uh, mainly as just gifts for people. Okay. Yeah, and because they're different, different characters like different plants. Yeah, like the the first one of the first plants you make is something you trade mm-hmm. to is something you give to the trader to uh, actually start trading. Yeah, it's all it's all similar, and I just I love the descriptions for for the seeds. Oh, they're great. Um, because that's the other... Th- there's a lot of guesswork that go... Well, I guess if if you know... Like, if you've looked at the seeds beforehand, you'll know. But, like, they... You have access to a lot of seeds early on, and you don't know what they will grow until you grow them. Yeah. And so you have to kind of infer based off of the descriptions of the seeds and the kinds of plants that people want, like, what what you're supposed to be growing um which i kind of fucked up because i just filled up all i went to the seed room and i just uh filled up all of my little flower beds with as many seeds as i could put in before talking to anyone delayed myself a pretty severe amount (laughs) (laughs) but i didn't mind because it's a it's just a nice game to hang out in um, it's yeah. also tied to your, so you can have it tied to your real world, uh, clock. I did not do that. <laughs> I started out doing that and then I didn't want to do it anymore because I just wanted to keep playing. Yeah. It's, it's kind of to the detriment of its own system that the game is, it, that, that it's as charming as it is. You don't want to engage with its system of only playing a, a a single night in a real world night which feels like it's supposed to be a pretty central like aspect of the game i feel as though i have relatively little to say about this game because like i said i didn't finish it i got distracted um but uh you got have you got anything to add that i just don't really know um, yeah, uh, I would encourage you to play it more because you get a you can get a werewolf boyfriend. Yo, later on. <laughs> what what struck me about this game was uh, there's this really interesting economy of effort where 
Yes, every day you only have five drops of blood to expend, and watering your plants takes one drop, and early on you have three flower beds. So that's three. That's more than half of your effort gone if you're watering all your plants. And then there are options to clear rubble that take, uh, I believe, two drops. There's... Um, picking things up and clearing away dangerous rubble like a bee wasp nests that takes a effort and you can only carry one thing at a time and there's also a, an economy of effort tied to the day night system where certain characters only appear like there's one character that only appears every few days there's one character very integral you have a trash hole where you put all of your uh, rubble and rubbish and all the things you clear away and all of these wasp and uh, hornet hives. And the only way to get rid of them, the only way to get rid of any trash is to put them in the trash hole. But surprise, the trash hole is also a mole hole. And the mole, every every day you dump trash down there, the mole comes back up the next day to yell at you, cutting off your oh, access to that shit, trash hole. Oh, shit, it's a hole. Mr. Rossetti. Yes, you get a Mr. Rossetti, meaning that on the day that the mole has come to yell at you, you can't throw anything away. So if you clear away one wasp nest, you can't clear away anymore because you can't get rid of that wasp nest. So you just have to carry it around with you until the next day. Well, the next day, you've left those wasp nests and it's gotten a little more dangerous. And since you had a wasp nest in your on your person, you couldn't clear away the rubble that you were finally able to do and finally had the effort to do because your 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 stuff was full. So it I don't know, it 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 has this interesting economy of time and effort. I don't know. It's it's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah it's... I I really liked my time and all the all of the 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 fun characters were wacky and suspicious um you get a uh you get a rival who just has your name backwards fuck yeah and um they actually turn out to be a massive piece of shit fuck yeah. like they start out as like a you know a sort of like gary oak fucking like a silver in pokemon uh you know fun uh, uh, grimy rival, and then some things are revealed about them, and you're like, "Oh no, you're actually this is a terrible, this is a terrible human being." Yeah, this is a, this is a shit stain of a of a person. Um, yeah, and you like you get visited by your cousin. There's a giant moth. There's a skull. Again, you get a a werewolf boyfriend. There's a ghost. It's a good time. It's a good little time. It's very it's very cute, but it's got an edge to it. It does have an edge. You you have these like nightmares that you get that, that imply are genuinely unsettling. Yeah, they imply this like deep seated self loathing and shame in your main character, and it's it's a good game. I like that game. It's got a lot of heart. Yeah. So I think that leaves one more bad boy on the agenda. Yes. Um. And I am as surprised as you are to say that my last game is a is a zine called My Eye is Ham Ham Jammed Forever. That's a good name. By the lovely Ivan Papiol, 
who also worked on Reba, who was the uh, writer and designer for Reba. Oh, shit. My uh, my favorite short story game you can find on itch. Um, this this episode really has just been a little uh, a little reunion. Yeah, this is this is just a little itchy boy's greatest hits take. So this um this is a cover by a uh, cute hospital, and I believe the the actual cover is called uh, Ham Ham Hospital. Um, but Ivan took a a little liberty with the the name, and this is a. This is a zine about injury, entropy, disability, and the Hamtaro Ham Ham Game Game Boy game. Huh. That's... Yeah, I. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. When I when I clicked on this, I didn't think I was gonna take much away from it. I didn't think much of it, but this was a very touching zine for me. Like it was a really nice genuine little peek into this honest interesting and unique experience with disability and with entropy it's uh it's just this zine about ivan describing their experience with their child their favorite childhood game uh hamtaro ham ham games a sort of Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games, but Hamtaro, and just describes their childlike wonder with this game and the slow progression of growing up. And uh, it, there, there's this bit where uh, they start talking about this eye floater that appears. Um, and it, I don't know if you know about eye floaters, but uh, if you got an eye floater, you can't get rid of them. Mm-hmm. They're just, it's just there forever. And it's not like, it's not going to do anything else, but just be an eye floater. Like it's not a, a sign of anything else, but it's just there and it's irritating and there's nothing you can do about it. And the way Ivan just uses this eye floater as this harbinger of entropy, this uh sort of awakener for um, the philosophical shift in how we view our bodies that at a certain point, you stop seeing your body as the extension of your brain that carries you forth, and you start seeing it as this machine that, after you turn about 25 or so, never gets better. That only slows and decays until it no longer keeps up with us. And I don't know, man. It was just this really touching zine this this collection of illustrations and photos and little short stories and ramblings that really created something that was bigger than the sum of its parts there's this quote that i really liked um on one of the pages that was uh, just a collection of photographs you know a uh, different childhood uh, vignettes, little um, pictures of the sky, of windowsills, of bugs. And there was a quote beneath that said, I wish there was a black floaty spot in all of my photos. That way I'd know for certain that they are my memories. And I don't know, man, that just kind of hit me. Yeah, that's a, (laughs) this is a a heavy zine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's 
Yeah, I, I it it holds a, a special little place in my heart. Leave it to the fucking the the writer for Reba to, you know, kind of tear my heart out a little about fucking Ham Taro Ham Ham games. Yeah, who thought that the 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 person who wrote uh, a touching story about losing your grandmother to <laughs> dementia would write a sad zine? <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, yeah, it's it's very on brand, but it's it's just it's. I found it really emotionally impactful. It's just this. They they bring this beautiful, unique perspective of dealing with the idea of your body failing you, um, while being neurodivergent, and just like the multiple stacks of difficulty that that kind of play into each other with dealing with these health constraints. I don't know, it 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 breaks your heart a little and it I found it really affecting. It's it's sweet, it's raw and it at points it's a little bit cringy in a way that only something deeply honest can be. And I love it. Fuck yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> Yeah, that this was my favorite thing that I found at the a game by its cover jam. Right on, man. And it was about Hamtaro. It was about Hamtaro. <laughs> because fucking course, it would be about oh, Hamtaro. Of course, it's about Hamtaro. I really like this show because it makes me say sentences that I never thought I'd fucking say. But yeah, that's uh, that's the a game by its cover jam. I mean, I I have a couple like, uh, honorable mentions like. Superhero by Roger Goyard. Uh, it's like the original Mario Bros, but you're making soup. There's Wormhole by Oaktol. It's like asteroids, but there's a big black hole in the middle of the screen that's constantly pulling you forward. Um, there's Rusty Blade, which I... Okay, hold on. No, Rusty Blade was really fucking cool. It was like... Do you remember uh, Toad Treasure Tracker for the Wii U? Yeah. That's sort of like a diorama exploration puzzle game. So imagine that, but it has, like, graphics from Adventure for the Atari, but it's still this 3D diorama. All right. So you're just a little dot wandering around this block shaped. Okay. It, it's a little better than that. It's, it's, it's got, like, it, it, it's got little castles, and it's, it's, it's just, I wouldn't call it a, I don't know if I'd call it a game. It's just a really neat little art project. That, I, that was really fucking cool to look at. Rusty Blade by Kai Werder with a cover by Daniel Ponce. And it's a cover that was actually for the 2017 A Game By Its Cover Jam. But apparently, apparently, Kai Werder has been thinking about and working on this for forever. And it finally came out. And it's neat. I wasn't even aware you could do that. Yeah. <laughs> All in all, good pickings. This was a good good effort, boys. There's one really interesting one. Uh, I didn't have a whole lot to say about it, but it was neat. Uh, no, Lateral Labyrinth by Know-It-All 66. And uh, you basically are just uh, wandering through these mazes, none of which can be solved. So they can't be solved if you're trying to solve it like a maze. Hold on. What do you mean, Bobby? 
should I spoilers? I guess if you want to play this. So I think the the, the best example I can think of is the first one. Golly! But it was neat, so worth mentioning. A lot of neat games worth mentioning this year's A Game by Its Cover Jam, as we now draw it to a close. But wait, there's two games we didn't mention. That's right, because I didn't submit mine. And I forgot to submit mine because I finished it very early. And I you just finished I, it pretty much the day after we I, I, proposed the I, idea. I did finish it the day after because I was I was very excited. I I didn't. I stayed up all night and I used my whiteboard and I finished. I also chose a very simple idea. Um, I'll post it. I'll, I'll make I'll make an itchio page for us for the itchy boys and I'll post it so you can get a gander at it. Um, I made a game, a little one-page TTRPG, a cover by Holos Carse. The cover is also as the tide whispers, and uh, I think I, I did. I give the pitch last time. I'll just give the pitch. Um, as a late-night radio host, you are having your last show for the residents of the town who decide to stay and not evacuate the place to the increasing levels of the ocean threatening to sink the town. Keep them company until dawn on their final day. Yeah, I read it. It's pretty neat. So, I wanted to make a little one-page, one one-off TTRPG game inspired by, you know, the works of uh, Grant Howitz, the... The king of one-page TTRPGs, uh, the writer of Honey Heist and Crash Pandas. Crash Pandas. I was trying to. Th- What's the name of the crow one? The the Corvid one, where they're trying to steal the jewels. Ah, oh, fuck! I don't remember. That one's really good. Honey Heist is the big one, though. Honey Heist is that's the big one. That's his most pot. That's his bread and butter. That's his that's his honey and pot. Um. So I made a one-page TTRPG. It's kind of a weird one. It is an asymmetric party game i guess uh it's a dj game where one player is the dj and then an unlimited amount of players can play as the audience and your job as the dj is to simply dj your dj your radio show your last radio show in your town that is slowly being taken over by the tide and uh the the main hook of the game is jumping between choosing a song and running a segment and the game can go on for a certain amount of time uh, depending on how many segments and songs you want to choose for each phase of the game there are four phases of the game Um, each phase functioning as a sort of bookend for how the town is doing in regards to the tide so uh, in your first phase the tide whispers your second phase the tide speaks the third phase the tide screams and the fourth phase is the swan song now the first three phases you can have an even amount of songs and segments for your phase i I recommend for a a short game for a short game doing three songs and three segments each for a phase and then the last phase is simply one monologue and one song you know sort of close out the game this is a goodbye to the city your city is swallowed up by the tide and you kind of leave it to play out on one last final song and choosing your songs and choosing your segments you get a uh d12 table where uh you roll a d12 before each one and it'll guide you in what kind of song and what kind of segment so you want to play a song you roll your d12 
Uh, you could roll a uh, six, which could be a song from a soundtrack. You could roll a one, which is a hopeful song. Two is a somber song. Um, roll a 12, and you get to throw it on shuffle. Uh, or you could run a segment. If you roll a one, you get to do a weather forecast. Um, roll a six, you get to tell a personal story. Roll a seven, that's the breaking news. And a third of these, nine through 12, you have the option to bring someone from the audience onto the radio show. You get to take a caller. Um, nine is take a call from an expert. Ten is take a call from a live reporter. Eleven is take a call from an evacuee. And twelve is take a call from inside the town, someone who has refused to leave. And during these segments, you bring somebody on and uh, they, you know, you do your little improv with them. And at the very end, you flip a coin. And if the coin lands on heads for them, they get to choose the next song. No exceptions. And that's uh, that's pretty much the pitch you need to know for While the Tide Whispers. Uh, I haven't playtested it. I don't know where I'd playtest it. Um, I'd feel kind of awkward to get a bunch of people just to like sit down at a table so I could play songs and talk at them. You know what? What? This would make a pretty sick live stream. That that was my next thought, and then I looked into you. You can't really play copyrighted music on on most live stream places. So yeah. I, yeah, I would I would have to get a pretty versatile playlist of uncopyrighted music. I don't know. It was just a fun little thought experiment, and I really liked it. I'm gonna post it in the description of the episode, and you can go take a gander at it and see if you like it. I'm kind of proud of it. Uh, I did not like mine. I'm not proud of mine. So fuck you. I'm not talking about it. And that's okay. You know, sometimes when you set out to to make something. Uh, in the end, it, it's just not something you vibe with. And that's, that's cool too. I think every, every failed experience is a learning experience. Yeah. I, you know what? I, I kind of know how to make a text-based adventure game now. So fuck yeah. Uh, well, good. I, I am fully committing to the anti-crunch mindset by, uh, never touching this thing again. <laughs> the, the most anti-crunch mindset you can take. Not making the game. Yeah. And you know what? That's okay. The world keeps fucking spinning. I mean, I made it. I made like three of the endings, but... Okay, good. Uh, I don't know, man. Just wasn't vibing with it. And and that's that's okay. okay. Sometimes that happens. Mm-hmm. In the future. Uh, I don't know. I'll do something to make up for this. Yeah, I'll hold you to it. Fuck yeah. And I believe... That we have one last piece of business before we close out the show. I think you're right, my friend. We've got a little whittle wheel to spin. We've got a whittle wheel to spin. Uh, at the end of each episode, we take a list of gaming topics and subjects, and we put them on a wheel, spin it, and whatever it lands on, that's the kind of game we're going to talk about next episode. All right, Bobby, we are spinning that wheel! spin I like I like that freeform style you got. I like it's very jazzy. Yeah, I thought to uh you know, I I've been kind of holding myself back. We we know it's a spin. I don't need to make up lyrics. <laughs> just uh just go for it, man. Oh, this is fucking good. What we got? Oh, Bobby, the topic for the next game we're bringing 
Next episode is our biggest fears. Our biggest fears? Our biggest fears, Bobby. Ooh. Oh, God. Time to pick out some really fucking scary games. Oh, God. Bobby, what is your biggest fear? My biggest fear? You know, this is something that I was thinking about because of Lateral Labyrinth. Oh. I think my biggest fear is getting lost. That is interesting. Huh. I don't think I've ever heard that. I think, well... But I mean, you know, if you if you sit down and you actually think about it for more than a minute, like... Not knowing where I am is uh, terrifying. My biggest fear is the open ocean. I believe that. That's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. Uh, quick thank you to uh, Twinkle Park for letting us use the music Busy Busy for our theme song. It's a sweet little track from a sweet little gal. Go check her out. She got some good music. Hell yeah. She's, been, she's selling a a, a, a cassette she's, right now. Yeah, of her latest album. Yeah, it's really cute. I like it. It's a good album. Yeah, it is. Um, They did very good. Uh, she did a very good Pokemon video, too. Yes, I really like that Pokemon video. Hell yeah. Um, uh, Check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcast. Amazon, I don't know where else, Stitcher, wherever, wherever else you get your stuff. Um, and uh, if you liked us, uh, give us give us a little share. Uh, we put on an episode every two weeks. Um, every Thursday we try to. So, uh, yeah, be on the lookout for the next one should be out on, I believe, the 29th or around that time, right before the new year. Thank you so much. This program is brought to you by listeners like you. And I've been Hunter J. Allen. And as always, I am and always will be Bobby McCarthy. Well, that's not true. Sometimes you're different guys. Sometimes I've, sometimes a couple guys come out, but at my core, it's always gonna be the it's always gonna be the same one. That's reassuring to know. And we've, we've been, been two itchy boys. boys.